When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it, Hale Varsity on the road. It's Tuesday, and we're hunkered down here at Pius X High School. It is the A6 District Boys Final. Pius and Omaha Central should be an awesome ball game. Tip-off at 6.30. We're here for it, and uh, we're quite early, as uh, we'll go from this show into a local broadcast on KFOR on 6.20. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and birthday boy, Connor Clark. He is either rocking the Doug DeBose or Emmett Smith jersey today, 22 years young. Had a great call last night at Creighton Prep with Southeast. And did you order him the uh, the ice cream cake, Elijah? Uh. <laughs> wow. Uh, I didn't. Look. We were thinking about it. Uh, does that count, oh, Connor? See, see, it's a I, thought that I, counts. I thought you were trying to pass it off as like we had this plan and I was supposed to pick up the ice cream cake and you ordered it and I was trying to find the best response. That, we didn't, we didn't that, do that'd work a lot no. better. I thought, oh, I thought you were going to pick yeah, it up. Yeah, that's yeah, what I thought you were going yeah, for. Yeah, and, yeah. and I was trying to find the right response in there. And we, no. Like, sorry, Connor. Uh, it's so, okay. It's a thought that counts. Yeah. So uh, a well, year ago, I, you were you were doing the old bar crawl. Yeah, the twenty first birthday on a Monday night. That was uh, <laughs> not great. Not great timing, but we we got through it. We showed we showed up to Dolman's class the very next morning too, Ooh. Uh, which I was very proud of myself for doing that. And I think Dolman was uh, a bit shocked. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see if we can make that two for two tomorrow, um, and and we will go from there. But. Second, second go around. So th- this will be interesting. Well, you've heard my twenty-first birthday story, right? Oh I, well, no! Well, th- think th- so. think about the date on which I turned twenty-one, March thirteenth of twenty twenty. Uh, what happened that oh, weekend? Uh, the twelfth, uh, the world shut down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. So I had um, one night of being able to hit a bar crawl. Um, woke up the next day to the final day of classes on UNL's campus for a year and a half. Um, and I actually made it to class. So and you got then, the the birthday gift that kept on giving. You you would think, and you really thought at the time, like like you got the like this could be the last day of class is awesome. We're gonna do that. You got the weekend bar crawl, and then on Monday it was everything really really shut down, mm. where it was like businesses, bars, and everything, and then the you know the six month depressive period where you didn't get to leave your house uh, that followed. Uh, so Connor, count your blessings. We might not have gotten you anything. We did loosen the restraints in the studio today for Connor's twenty-second <laughs> birthday. We trust him I a little bit more. Feel he can, my wrists he can move, and ankles. He can move time. both arms. Yes. he can move both arms. Otherwise, so, he'd be out of there. That's so funny. Moral of the story is I should not be complaining about my twenty-first happening on a Monday. No, no, it, it could be worse. Yeah, the entire yeah. country could shut down to celebrate your birthday. Yeah, you, you got me beat there. 
I woke up naked in the shower. What? <laughs> <laughs> that was just so like without warning. <laughs> oh, this and, is going. This is going up on Twitter tonight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is, is there a story behind that? I just went out, had uh, a a too good a time, and my now wife and girlfriend oh, came man. over the following morning to make sure I made it. <laughs> oh, that was I'm sure. An awkward hey, you situation. made it. I asked her if she could help get my back, <laughs> and she scowled at me. So, was the shower running? Yeah, like all nice. night. The cold water didn't wake you up. I guess. I think I got sick on my water bed, and my roommates got me to my shower and turned it on, and wasn't too hot, wasn't too cold, and away we went. It's a miracle you didn't drown in there. <laughs> I mean, it's going down the drain. They propped me up. Oh, okay, okay. It wasn't just like Schmitty went to go take a cold I, shower I, and passed I, out. I, I pray they propped me up. <laughs> See, I envision this as Schmitty could take a cold shower before bed and then just fell asleep in there with the shower running like on, directly on him. That's kind of how I envisioned it. <laughs> Thank you for that. Let's uh, talk some football. That Let's was get awesome. to some hoops. Uh, birthday wishes to Connor. If you want to tell your 21st birthday story in the stream, you're welcome to do it. Hail Varsity YouTube. Subscribe and like, and uh, let us know how uh, 21 or your 22nd went. <laughs> yeah, Elijah got, uh, got got the pandemic. Connor made it to class, and, and I got clean, which was which was good. <laughs> yeah. You can email the show, Chris, at HaleVarsity.com, and uh, always uh, welcome to make a phone call, 489 1240 489 1240 Coach is in front of us. He is... Fist pumping. Uh, he's awesome. Used to be neighbors. Missed those garage uh, refreshments uh, in the uh, the circle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, good to see him. And uh, legend has it, uh, Notre Dame aficionado Jim Hansen uh, may be making a, an, an appearance here. He's a longtime coach at Pius. Hansen may have the uh, the intel on Notre Dame. Guys, what do you think of this? Let's start with, uh, ex- as the world of expansion turns, uh, we'll get to our starting five in a moment. Guest list, we'll have Mitch Sherman in 15 minutes from The Athletic. Really awesome story Mitch had. Uh, he covered Nebraska uh, and the, the Minnesota game. Some great insight to uh, to Coach Hoiberg and, and this uh, incredible season the Big Red have had. So read that, but we'll talk to Mitch in 15 minutes. Uh, associate commissioner and lead commissioner for the SEC in basketball. Garth Glissman is going to join us, the Pride of Waverly. G-Unit joins us in less than an hour. And then uh, Andy Markowski going to be with us. We'll talk some hoops. We'll get his thoughts on Nebraska basketball as they get ready for Ohio State. And uh, the Pride of Ord will join us for some thoughts on uh, Girls State as that tips off tomorrow. And uh, just get his thoughts on some Husker women's basketball. So loaded up show, and as always, the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play with Hale Varsity or the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Find us and follow the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. Starting 5, NU Grandpa was in at 3.39 Central Time. The artist formerly known as KG Kids for Life was second. A tribute to Derek Jeter. Brennan, Black Hills Brennan. Says what's up, good day, and he wants us to talk about chasing three. We'll do that for sure. Crew back from Mexico, still 
uh, alive and well in at four. Uh, Brandon checks in. Jeff and Brent, uh, six and seven. Walter from Philly. Will they be on time or late today? We're always on time during the week, Walter. The weekend edition gets hairy from time to time. Tuck is in. Eric checks in. Uh, we'll call uh, NASCAR Eric. We love you, brother. And then uh, Brando's Sports World also says hello. Jackson checks in as well. So uh, we'll get to more of your comments, as always, in the stream. And, again, those birthday uh, 21st crawls are uh, are always appreciated. So this is a tweet from a uh, pretty well-sourced, says he, and I'm not questioning it. I just know that it's gotten a lot of – uh, oomph on social media today. And anytime it's an anonymous source, you always have to consider that. And sure. This is a technically an anonymous source, but continue. Sorry. Greg Swaim uh, is uh, down in Oklahoma. Uh, Greg has been doing this a long time. And Greg says, who are the next two teams to join the Big Ten to make it 20? We were talking about this yesterday. Do you go two or do you go 24? Well, you start with two to get to 20. But Greg says on Twitter, and this made it to on three, our terrific Chicago source tells us he's hearing it's very likely that Notre Dame has an invite. Texas A&M also could be joining A&M in the Big Ten. The Big Ten wants to get into Texas. The Aggies are very unhappy with the addition of Texas to the SEC, and the Big Ten will no longer and will not, and reiterates it will not invite anybody that's not in an AAU member. So that leaves Clemson and Florida State out. Nebraska is working on getting back to the AAU status so they don't tick off the Big Ten chancellors and presidents. Uh, what do you guys think of this? I mean, we, we talked about Notre Dame yesterday. They are the, the team that you got to go get. If the ACC and Big 12 turn into an endangered species list, because, listen, the Big 12 and the ACC can't go grab SEC or Big Ten teams, no matter how much you might want to get out of the Big Ten or SEC because you're getting whacked, the paycheck is too gold, too golden. And uh, right now uh, you're you're accumulating for another – rights, uh, media rights boon here as the playoff possibly expands, right? You're, you're working on that paycheck for uh, the 12-team the playoff, the expansion to maybe 14, and uh, you're getting your ducks in a row. You are picking sides. You are uh, making draft picks, so to speak, and Notre Dame and A&M would be fantastic. I think you got to go to Texas if you're the Big Ten, and, and A&M's brand and oil money – is probably second to none between them and Texas. You got the the two brothers from uh, Smokey and the Bandit or Boss Hog, and you got both as, as boosters down at A&M. They just told Jimbo to go away. Here's $90 million, right? They got money to burn. And Notre Dame, listen, they've been good for, uh, for a long time. They've made the playoffs. They are soon going to need a path to the playoff. Even in a 12-team field, they must not like fellas. Uh, the reality is they could be unbeaten with their schedule. Let's just play along here. Unbeaten with their schedule and still be a, a five seed uh, behind your, your four top conference champions. Since you're not in a conference, since you don't play a conference championship game in the ACC, 
you're not going uh, to be able to, to be in there. I know they um, could could opt into a conference championship game, but at some point, these marquee teams, half of their schedule always feels like it's a Big Ten opponent, right? Uh, or, or the ACC, or if you start plucking away Clemson and Florida State, who do you really beat? What do you gain being in the ACC? Mm. Uh, for all your other sports, you gain. But football, that, that's part of your strength of schedule. And if the SEC and the Big Ten won't play you, where do you go? <laughs> You'll play the Mountain West and the Big 12. That's not going to have the same cachet as, as playing the Big Ten or SEC teams. So do you believe this could happen? Um, maybe Notre Dame is just trying to, to get a, a, a bid from either the SEC or the Big Ten. What's the number to get us in there? And uh, is it a number that's going to treat us special? Uh, if I'm A&M, I don't know. I mean, to, to be somebody who ejects from the SEC, what's that buyout? I know I just said they sleep on beds made of money. I don't know, though. To, to go from SEC to Big Ten, could that really happen? But I don't, I don't know if that could job. happen. I, I understand they're probably ticked off about Texas. I believe that. But you're going to just well, kind of eat your vegetables with this one, I think. Well, let's let's lay it out. What is believable to me and what seems likely is further Big Ten expansion, maybe even sooner than we expect. Mm-hmm. You, have, you have reports from multiple sources. It started with Josh Pate. You have Swaim. Timing-wise, it, it just does make sense um, that you don't want to be left in the dust when it comes to conference expansion. Mm-hmm. You, you don't want the SEC to get the jump on you, so you have to move as quickly as possible in order to do these sorts of things. You get to the teams realistically, the two names make sense. The one thing that doesn't make sense with Texas A&M is the buyout, but you kind of laid out they have plenty of money. What these two teams are are teams that really value the football side of things beyond all else. Notre Dame and Texas A&M. And, and that, that, that's the future of college football. And we were laying out names yesterday on the show with, with Miami and Duke and North Carolina and all these schools, schools that do not make – football the top priority at their school Miami does but they've it, it's not the same it's not the same yeah. as Texas A&M it's not it's Miami. not the same as Notre Dame like these are schools that even above academics like football is king sure and, and that's the same story with a lot of schools in the Big Ten and the schools that Nebraska has been adding aside from maybe UCLA like football is king at all these schools the names make sense from that regard do the dollars and cents make sense to be determined but me as I sit here on Tuesday, February 27th, thinking about this, the, the two names that are brought up, Texas A&M and Notre Dame, make a lot of sense from the Big Ten. Texas A&M, you open up the door into Texas, and you're not going to find a school across the country that values tech, values football more than Texas A&M, especially the boosters. And you can say the same about Notre Dame. I mean, that is a nationwide brand that football is king. Why do people know Notre Dame? It's because of their football team. Like, you're not going to find any schools across the country that value football more than those two. That's why this makes so much sense, I think, from a Big Ten perspective and maybe why you'll you'll make it work financially with Texas A&M because of the football brand that they bring in. Path to the playoff here. Notre Dame's going to need a vehicle to get there. They're going to be in the playoff, but are they going to get to host? Are they going to get buys? Are they going to be going uphill both ways to school in, in uh, 18 feet of snow if they don't join a conference? What's the path to the playoff for A&M? Well, are they better than LSU year in and year out? They haven't been. Are they better than Bama? They haven't been. Are they better than Auburn? Are they better than Ole Miss? I mean, their side of the division's nuts. 
And I know that'll get reconfigured a little bit, but they've added Texas and Oklahoma to it on top of Bama, on top of Auburn, on top of LSU, on top of Ole Miss, on top of Mississippi State as it stands. And they can't just say, hey, send us over to the east. Tennessee's got a bit of a heartbeat. Georgia's killing everybody. I mean, what, what, what gets you in? If you're, if you're tapped out, can they be top four? Are they more likely to be a top four in the Big Ten than they are in the well, SEC? The question is, is what happens to Texas recruiting five years from now? Does it go completely SEC? Do you have an advantage being the only Big Ten they, school they in did, Texas? They did. Not anymore. I think that's a question that becomes what is the future of Texas A&M? Should they jump ship and go to Big Ten, the Big Ten? Like what happens to recruiting in Texas over the next five years? That's an unknown. But makes sense from the Big Ten point of view to try to get into Texas. Well, and it, it, I mean, things, uh, they had it all to themselves for the state of Texas, the Texas program that is in the SEC. We'll get Mitch Sherman's take on this, talk some Husker hoops. Hail Varsity on the road here at Pius the 10th. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. It's that time. Hey, Mitch. Mitchie. Mitchie, Mitchie, Mitchie. We're looking for you, pal. Mitch Sherman from The Athletic, talking Big Red. Unleash the fury, Mitch. Unleash the fury! On Hail Varsity Radio. We'll get to some of the stream birthday wishes for one Connor Clark, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. And Connor Clark back in studio. Hail Varsity Roadshow. We're here at Pius the 10th in front of Pius in Omaha Central, the A6 District Boys Final, who is headed to state. We welcome in with the athletic Mitch Sherman joins us at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. And we always like playing this game. Mitch, where are you at as we talk to you? I'm standing in my living room. So okay. Not too exciting for you. That's too windy, all right. Too windy to be outside and, and, and cold and uh, not at any kind of a game or venue, so you get the boring answer. That's fine. You have not made it down to your barroom corner yet. <laughs> no. No, that's really generally just for taping podcasts or, uh, or uh, <laughs> you know, engaging in, uh, in any kind of drinking activities. Okay. Well, g- good work, Mitch. Uh, let's talk a little bit here uh, about uh, some college football thoughts. There's some hubbub on social media, and I want to get your reaction to, to both teams that, that are being talked about. It's late February uh, when we talk Big Ten potential expansion before we get into really awesome story by you on Fred Hoiberg and Nebraska basketball uh, that you uh, did for The Athletic here in just a moment. But two names, uh, Notre Dame, not uh, an unfamiliar name that, has been talked about with the Big Ten as a potential add. Uh, Notre Dame's not had to join a conference, but that window may be closing just with the uh, unstableness of college mm-hmm. football. And the other name, start with A&M. A&M to the Big Ten. There's an Oklahoma uh, sports personality that says he has <clears throat> contacts in Texas and in Chicago, so those are the two places he's citing. Uh, not publicly, but anonymously. How does A&M grab you, along with the Irish, to the Big Ten? Okay, well, and, and, and I'm, I'm just, this is just pure instant reaction on both of those. And what I would say about A&M is you never underestimate how much the Aggies hate Texas. So, 
This is all just a ruse to make Texas fans upset. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is A&M got away from Texas and was thrilled about it, jumped into the SEC, said, hey, look at us. We're in a better league than you now. We get more money from TV revenue. You can take your Longhorn Network and do you-know-what with it, all of that. And then a few years later, here comes Texas jumping jumping along. And And – Never mind, you know, not to mention the fact that Texas just played in the college football playoff as they as they come in the door to the SEC. So, um, you know, things are things are going well in in um, Austin while while they're not so much in College Station, despite the fact that the Aggies were the one with all their SEC money who hired Jimbo Fisher a few years ago and, and, you know, set the world on fire with that contract. Well, it didn't it didn't work out. So. That's my initial reaction to Texas A&M. You, I, and, uh, immediately, I would say that's crazy. I mean, why would you leave the SEC? They're perfect geographically for it, even better geographically for it now with, uh, with Texas and Oklahoma coming in. But um, they might just despise Texas that much that they don't want anything to do with them. So we're going to go to the other league. Uh, and then, uh, although that's, there's, there's, a, there's a few leaps there that would have to happen. That's all <laughs> theoretical. And then, and then with, with Notre Dame, yeah, I mean, the, the writing has never been on the wall more that if you want to be at the, at the upper level, if you want to be in the, in the top echelon of college football, you, you need to play in one of these two leagues, in the Big Ten or, or the SEC. So Notre Dame can do it, and they, they're the one program, I think, that can, that can get by without uh, being, a, you know, being a member of one of these two, and you can still be relevant, and you can still win national championships, and you can still co- recruit and, and compete for the best players. But it's not going to be as easy because, it, you know, my understanding of the way things are going to work, and it's all fluid because, the, you know, now the, the playoff wants to expand again beyond we haven't gotten to 12 yet and, and they want to expand again. Um, but it, it's, it's certainly going to be more difficult to get a bye if you're not a conference champion. So it's harder to win a national championship if you have to win an extra game. And maybe that will be the – the straw that breaks the camel's back on, on sending Notre Dame into a conference. And, and it always has been, if Notre Dame was going to join a conference, um, that, that, you know, I know the, about the affiliation with the ACC and the scheduling agreement, but the reality is if you want to Notre Dame, it, it, if, I think if it was ever going to fully jump on board in a conference in football, it would, it would be the big 10. When you think of these two schools, Mitch, Notre Dame, Texas A&M, both would be splashes by the Big Ten to add first to go get Notre Dame, a team that's been independent for forever, that has refused to join a conference time and time again. If you're able to pull them from the ranks of the independent into the Big Ten, I think that sends a message. And if you go down and get a Texas school and open up the state of Texas to recruiting from the Big Ten, pulling them from the SEC, the other big conference power in the country, I mean, what type of national message does this send if the Big Ten does in fact go grab Texas A&M and Notre Dame and add them to the ranks of the Big Ten? Well, I want to stress again that this is like hypothetical. highly hypothetical. <laughs> so, um, but if it were to ever happen, yeah, it's a it's a huge power play for for the Big Ten, um, it, it, especially well, b- both of them for their for their for for separate reasons. In the case of Notre Dame, it's because that's the Notre Dame is, has been the the unattainable uh, prize that that all conferences at at at, at some point or another have coveted and no one's been able to, to reel it in. It's the big fish out there. And then with A&M, you're talking about huge money, huge alumni base, huge recruiting base. 
And, and, I, and I think if, if one of these leagues, either the, the SEC or the Big Ten, were to ever poach a team from the other conference, um, that would be that would that would be a big that'd be a big win. That would be like 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 you know, landing a missile on your in, in your opponent's capital or something like that. I mean, you, you um, it would be viewed as 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 a seismic move. Um, really, any SEC program, if 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 Mississippi State were to, which isn't happening were to leave the SEC for the Big Ten, you know, that's a, wow, you know, you, you pulled a, you pulled a, uh, a school out of your, out of your arch rival's um, nest. But uh, A&M, yeah, it, it would be on a, on a level that's, that's much higher than, than, than many of the programs in the SEC. Mitch Sherman is with us on Hill Varsity Radio. And real quick here, Mitch, as we transition into your, your basketball story, Another hypothetical to throw at you. Are you pro or against the the huge conversation that's been happening about potentially expanding the NCAA tournament, not the college football playoff, but the NCAA basketball tournament? Um, I'm not really in favor of it. I mean, I think it's inevitable that you, you, the, the, the college football playoff is going to get bigger, and it is getting bigger, and it will probably get bigger beyond that. And um, I it depends on the future of the NCAA, I guess, with basketball. Football is not dependent on the NCAA because it has never run the college football postseason, the, the, the major postseason. Um, but if, if the NCAA is a sinking ship, you know, maybe, maybe it's a sign of desperation, you know, bring in, bring in more money with, with another 32 games or, or whatever it would be, uh, or actually would it be six, another 64 games, uh, I guess if you're if you're going up to 128, I, or you could expand to, you know, 80 or 90 teams. I don't know. I I, I like it where it is. Um, that's just kind of how I feel about it. I think it would devalue the, um, the significance of winning in the postseason if there's 100 plus teams that make it. So right now, it really still means something. I mean, if you're Kansas or Kentucky, maybe it doesn't, but. For most programs, it really means something. I mean, certainly for Nebraska, it would it would be monumental to win a game in the NCAA tournament. And I think you lose a little bit of that that value if you just continue to expand the tournament to the point where, um, you know, a, a, a 16 and 12 team or a, or, a, or, a, or a you know 15 and 13 team can get in without sweating it much. Mitch Sherman's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. We're on the road here at Pius in front of Omaha Central and the Bolts. They tip off at 6.30. Mitch with The Athletic at Mitch Sherman. Mitch, uh, you have a story that's published with The Athletic, Nebraska. Big win Sunday against Minnesota. Uh, what, what were you able to observe as you were at PBA checking out, covering the game, and uh, pretty uh, big moment for Fred Hoiberg in Nebraska to notch that 20th win and so far this week, uh, good feels about their spot in the NCAA. Yeah, I saw a team that looks like an NCAA tournament team. You know, Nebraska didn't get a great shooting night from most of its top shooters, and, and still that game was was comfortable um, for the most part. I mean, it was ugly in the first half, but Nebraska played light, and this is a good Minnesota team that they were playing. I mean, they, it, it was not the bottom of the, uh, of the Big Ten um, as far as the opponent out there. I mean, Nebraska handled – Handled that game, you know, like it, like we've seen Nebraska teams handle, um, uh, you know, like like a mid-major or a low-major team 
in in December. And that's not a knock on Minnesota. That's a credit to what N- Nebraska is doing right now and, and the level that Nebraska's playing at, and the quality of basketball that Nebraska's playing at home. And the last time the Huskers went on the road, they, they played that kind of basketball. So I, I you know, it, it always looks better. Things always look better when you're when you're flying high, and, and they and they and they tend to be exaggerated on the other side when when you're going through a skid. Right now, Nebraska is the hottest team in the Big Ten, so it all looks really good. And you know they're they're going to encounter some more bumps in the road this year. And this team is starting to show some resilience to to, um, to get me uh, to the point where I'm confident in believing that they're going to get over those humps. And they're going to be a they're going to be a very tough out. Um, Nebraska, you know, I think is, is going to make it to the big dance. And, you know, we'll find out real quick if history is made with this group. This is the group that can finally produce a victory. Um, no matter what happens, they're not going to be, they're not going to be easy um, the way they're playing now for, for anyone to beat, no matter the Husker seat. Mitch, about 20 seconds. What's coming up from you with the athletic, bud? Just continuing to juggle things with, uh, with football and hoops. So we'll see where the week goes. And uh, Nebraska hoops are going to be fun to watch uh, tomorrow night in, in Columbus. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there will be some, uh, some more happenings with, uh, with football as Matt Rule's team makes it through Matt drills and heads, heads closer to spring break and the, the start of spring practice on the 24th of March. Mitch, always appreciate you. Uh, thanks for joining us today. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. There he is. Mitch Sherman with us from The Athletic. Uh, just a shameless plug, catch the latest edition of the Average Joe Sports Show podcast. Uh, Mitch was uh, positioned in his bar, and uh, hilarity ensued. We had a good old time. We'll dive into some more football thoughts. Uh, Chasing Three, the latest episode from Nebraska football. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. It's Hale Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, as we're here at Pius the 10th, ahead of the A6 Boys District Final. Pius hosting Omaha Central. Coach Brill and company have had an amazing season, and uh, Trace and Anderson has been all sorts of big time. This year for the Bolts, uh, Omaha Central is as good as it gets. Incredible program, and uh, Coach Chubbuck, coming in here and uh, should be fantastic love this time of year with high school action we'll have girls state basketball coverage uh locally on kfor tomorrow so excited about that covering lincoln teams is uh, we'll look at uh, uh north star and millard north tomorrow and then have a, an abbreviated edition of hail varsity radio for you in hour two we'll get to some of the uh, the bar crawl uh, mentions in moments. Uh, Jackson is smarter than all of us. Says I don't drink. It's not fun. You save money. Yeah, that's the that is the, the good way to be doing it. Yes, you you are smarter than but you're than not many. fun. Uh, <laughs> he accepts it. Brennan uh, says Happy birthday, Connor. Twenty first, the Brennan. local pub poured you a gallon of mug of beer on the house. I polished it off in like fifteen minutes. Remembered nothing of the night. Other than waking up on the bathroom floor. Brennan from the Black Hills, thank you for your 21st birthday story. Uh, not as exciting, but my uh, fiance, now wife, and you grandpa checks in of 52 years. 
had a beer at Bob's Tavern. I loved Bob's. Still love Bob's in Havelock. Uh, legal age was 20. <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, you got uh, Eric checks in. And uh, only iguanas let me in uh, for my uh, hour of power. <laughs> when I turned 21 at midnight, nobody else would. So Iggy's became my favorite O Street spot. 22nd birthday ended in the bushes outside of Sandy's. That is a wild place to get stuck in bushes over there. <laughs> yeah. Do they still have bushes at Sandy's? I would assume so, don't they? Do they? Yeah. Okay, just right right by that stoplight. Or the, yeah. Uh, the, yeah, right in the corner there. Okay, now I'm good. Um, Cruz says, my 21st birthday was a dark one, but I woke up with clean undies, so that's all that matters. <laughs> Crew also off the top rope. A&M is a cult. Just their yell leaders. No, they're not even a cult. They're just cringy. God, we got we got to bring back what the pirate had to say. If the if Texas A&M joins the Big Ten, we are going to bring back Leach's quote on the yell leaders every single year that Nebraska plays A&M. When did he go in on the yell leaders? Was that two, three years ago? Uh, I would have been like what eighteen, nineteen. I think it was. was okay. it, I think it was pre-COVID. But yeah, so for you, yeah, he he got in on. He loved beating A&M. <laughs> he loved beating A&M. Uh, the old. We'll have to find that. Can we do that next week? Yeah, sure. Let me just we'll go through our Leech library. Uh, that's that's all right. Jeff checks in the 21st birthday story. And uh, <laughs> This is great. My 21st birthday, <laughs> Jeff chimes in, and it is Connor's birthday. A year older, a year wiser, as he had the big two one a year ago for Connor Clark. I went to three different small town bars. One was closed and two wouldn't serve me after midnight. A bar in Fremont, Nebraska, did. We got the drink from 12.50 to 1. We got down six shots. My goodness. <laughs> That's an impressive clip. That, that, that is. Wow. And you didn't end up in the bushes outside Sandy's? <laughs> well, yeah, no, he was in night. Fremont. I'm kidding. Yeah, it's a callback. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think one of my dad's dear friends left his sport coat at Boomer's one time in Fremont. I've never been to Boomer's, but... Uh, didn't think his wife liked him leaving his sport coat at Boomers. <laughs> Speaking of uh, of small town bars, do you guys see the story of Matt Rule hitting the polka band in Utan? I heard that. Yeah, there, I a, a, a picture has now come out of Matt Rule with the polka band. But this was Sunday, so he had a full day Sunday. Apparently, he started it off midday around lunchtime by going and visiting Utan and checking out a polka bar that had a polka band performing live. That's and, huge. And then he goes and checks out the Gretna Outlet Malls. There's a couple pictures of him with some kids at the Gretna Outlet Malls. And then he goes and watches a dunk contest Sunday night down at Pinnacle Bank Arena. That's a day. That is good. That he is a day. He jumped over. He didn't just watch. He got jumped over. Jeff never made it home. <laughs> Todd <laughs> chimes in. Uh, uh, Jeff lets us know that Boomers is now gone from Fremont. Uh, thank you uh, for that intel there. But uh, chasing three... Pretty awesome episode. Nebraska does such an amazing job with their reality show. And, and you saw it follow along last season, during the season. And now you're, you're into to mat drills and winter conditioning. And what I liked about Coach Rule here, talking about uh, his second-year vision, uh, culture is paramount. It, it is, is continually reiterated. And, and he's all about action, not words. Don't tell me you want to beat Iowa. Uh, show me. 
that you can beat Iowa. So uh, he really hammers down the standard and gets into the process, and that those are all catchphrase words, but you're, you're seeing those words in action with, with Nebraska. Exactly, and it's, it's another inside look, which I think is really valuable at this point in the rebuild, to be able to use the new media that's coming out, not just for fans, and, and fans are going to sit back and, and think this is for them, and, and it is. The fans deserve an inside look at Husker football. Mom with, and dad love it. I was getting. To, I was going to say, but with the 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 interest level that mm-hmm. fans have in the state and the amount, the monetary investment that Nebraskans and really people across the country put in to the University of Nebraska football program, I think you deserve uh, somewhat of an inside look at what's going on behind the scenes, given the amount of money you put in. But yes. You, and you can see the flair in this whenever they sit down with the parents on the day that the freshmen are moving and ask them about their feelings on this day, why they feel comfortable leaving their kid with Nebraska. You get that explicit look that, oh, this is for the parents of future recruits. That You know what? You can send them this video. We know you're not going to get a chance to be with your son every single day when they're at Nebraska. We're going to give you the next best thing, an inside look to what we're going to be doing within our program every single day, that transparency for parents to understand. No, we don't just tell you we're the right place for, for you and your son. We will show you why we're the right place for you and your son. It's because of what we're doing in our program right now, which you can get an inside look at. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. It goes back to Rule being a very transparent football coach with his fan base. This, you know, falls right under that. As Elijah said, this fan base probably deserves an inside look. Obviously, the parents benefit from it greatly and, and just from a recruiting standpoint as well. But you think of how much you you didn't get, I feel like, with the previous regime, and now you're getting all this inside information, all this inside look. And I think Rule understands how important that is to everybody who's invested in this program because everybody's investing a lot into this program, whether you're a fan, a donor, whatever. So I think the inside look is good for everybody. It goes back to that transparency. And quite honestly, Rule just wanted to be honest with, with everybody that what's going on behind closed doors and just kind of showing everybody their process because you just want to make sure, and I know every coach wants to do this, but it's it's not just talk. It's actually doing the things that they need to do in order to get this thing turned around. You know, in a world full of penny stock slash boiler room salesmen in the world of college football, with NIL a reality, you can put that authenticity on display in video and keep pumping the, and I don't mean this negatively, it has a negative connotation, but big red propaganda. Mm. And it's it's powerful. To your point, when uh, mom and dad are wowed, uh, we'll wind down hour one here on Hail Varsity. Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you, yeah. On Hail Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Hale Varsity on the road. We're powered by Cornhead Longer. We're at Pius the 10th High School ahead of the A6 Boys District Final. Omaha Central coming to town here around 6.30 for tip. We'll have that here locally in Lincoln. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Connor Clark blowing out 22 candles today. In about 10 minutes, uh, SEC Associate Commissioner for Men's Basketball, and uh, the pride of Waverly, former Husker Garth Glissman, going to be with us in about 10 minutes. And then Andy Markowski will join us. He's an assistant uh, coach for the girls team here at Pius. Husker standout. Get some thoughts from Andy on Nebraska's 
run and recent success and what he thinks. Uh, we will also um, get more commentary, this time probably on air from Elijah Herbal. We have some pious students that are the first four here uh, playing some hoops, just shooting around and you're a little critical here, Judge Herbal, and on the dunk contest. I wasn't going to go there because wow. I don't, I don't want to get jumped by any high school baseball players following this broadcast because of my true thoughts on their basketball playing ability. Let's just say I, let, I didn't. I didn't say. Let, let's be glad said, they're baseball players. I said you were critical. I didn't say you were mean. And did you or did you not touch rim down there when you went and got a drink? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> no comment. The reason we're on the radio. I'm wearing jeans. I'm not. I don't have the flexibility. I usually would. I promise. On a well, normal day, I would seriously definitely you, touch rim. <laughs> you're not even. You're not even 25 yet, dude. Uh, I I have touched rim. I think we laid this out with Jay yesterday. Once in my life. That's fine. I'm once just... in my life is good for me. That's that's an improvement of my dad's life. That's okay. That works out. Hey, if you keep on stacking generation by generation like that, in what a couple hundred years, we'll have a Division One basketball player. My dad couldn't touch rim. I could touch once. If my son can touch the rim twice in his life, we're just going to keep on stacking that. You know. Crew asked an important question <laughs> yeah. for the room. Elijah, aren't you six <laughs> four? Uh, Steve, there's no comment or recording of it. Stephen asked if I was in a Mexican jail when I turned 22. No is the answer on that. Uh, they didn't let me in to, uh, to Tijuana when I was 22. <laughs> Otherwise, huh? they scared of you? They just, I didn't know people didn't get let into Tijuana. I kind of thought it was just a free-for-all. <laughs> perhaps. Perhaps. Eric asked the question, Elijah, if you have a son, is he going to need to be 6'10"? To touch rim or to dunk? That's the two questions. Touch rim, apparently. <laughs> to touch rim, he's good. To dunk, we might need a seven-footer. Wow. The, the, the hops were not in the herbal family genetics, that's Sorry. for sure. Happy birthday, Elijah, early. That's pretty From, from, from Moonbot, apparently. Connor's birthday, Moonbot, but the, the wish is it. appreciated. Well, I'm a couple weeks away here. Yeah. Yep, for sure. We can spread the love. So we'll dive into plenty of things with uh, Garth Glissman here. SEC hoops, college basketball, some Nebraska thoughts, and then Andy Markowski uh, with us in hour two. Can always email the show, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. What, what, what now? Yeah. For those listening on the radio, crew chimes in and says, Kids, Elijah, huh? indicating that he doubts my ability to have children. Wow, that's not nice. Uh, we will wind down as it's gone off the uh, proverbial rails, the final four minutes of this first hour. It always does. And uh, we'll get back to you hour two here from Pius, the Tale of Our City Roadshow Tuesday. And we're powered by Cornhead Lager. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal. Back with you, it's Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity, a roadshow Tuesday in front of the A6 District Boys Final, Omaha Central, and Pius Tenth. We welcome in uh, a man who knows how to get to PBA in March, state tournament, uh, back when he was coaching Parkview Christian, and then it was on to the NBA, 
now SEC Associate Commissioner for Men's Basketball, Garth Glissman, at Garth Glissman on Twitter is where you can follow him. G-Unit to his teammates and his buddies. Garth, how we doing? Thanks for taking time as we end February, man. How are you? Chris, uh, Elijah, thanks for having me. I was excited to join your show tonight, especially when I heard that you were broadcasting live from Pius. Um, you know, it would be a stretch to say that Pius was a rival of mine when I was at Waverly High School because we didn't beat him nearly enough uh, to, to call them a rival. Uh, but those were always big games for us. Pius actually ended my high school career uh, on a shot at the buzzer um, to win by two points. And it reminds me that this is a special time of year, uh, and state basketball is a special event in Nebraska. I was actually involved in high school basketball, Chris, in the state of Nebraska for 11 seasons, uh, three years as a, as a high school player at Waverly, and then eight seasons as a head coach. It wasn't until my 11th and final year that I finally made the state tournament uh, when uh, my Parkview Christian team made the semis. And I will tell you that uh, I've been fortunate in my life to have a lot of really memorable experiences in sports, uh, both college and pro. But my memories of that one time uh, out of 11 years in the state tournament are among the most special to me. And so my message, um, to the players and coaches on both the girls and boys side is that state basketball in Nebraska is a special event. Enjoy it. And for all the kids who uh, are heartbroken about not making it, trust me, I've been there. Use it as fuel uh, for the rest of your life. Um, failure is often the best motivator. And um, that was the approach that I took as a high school player. So special time of year, Schmitty, I, I omitted from that uh, opening that you and I broadcast a number of state tournaments for the years, both boys and girls. And, uh, you know, you were the play-by-play guy. And after doing like four or five games in a day on championship Saturday, your voice on occasion would get pretty, pretty hoarse. Uh, <laughs> those were good memories. Uh, and that was back when the state championship games were played at the Devaney Center. Mm. Uh, so I, have, I have so many good memories of state basketball, even as a kid watching the games on TV. And, and what that does to inspire young Nebraskans, boys and girls, um, to dream big, to work hard, to aspire to be a part of something bigger than, them, than themselves. Uh, it's, it's a great time of year. Garth Glissman's with us uh, on Hale Varsity Radio, SEC Associate Commissioner for Men's Basketball, talking about uh, state basketball. Girls, state tips off tomorrow. We'll be at PBA boys state basketball and locally kfor coverage uh for uh, all the lincoln area teams so excited about that and garth you sent out a tweet over the weekend and you're a proud nebraskan you, you laid out your high school career you played co- college football for nebraska you played college basketball for nebraska but uh you're a you're a guy that that played at that division one level in, in the big 12 there's a, there's a, a littering of, of Nebraska kids around college basketball with, with, of course, Baylor at Creighton and Hunter Salas uh, now at Wake, killing it there. Latrell from, uh, from Latrell White, right, Cell from, from Central's, just Alabama's right there uh, with uh, a high seed projection. Chucky Hepburn's phenomenal. St. Thomas, I mean, go down the list, some of the who's who's making big waves on the college scene this year. Well, you're right. Um, 
you know, I don't have the big uh, X formerly Twitter following that you do, Schmitty. I don't either. And it's so okay. <laughs> about a week ago, when I posted on X about all the high school uh, graduates from Nebraska excelling in Division One college basketball, uh, the tweet, at least by my standards, went viral. Thousand <laughs> views. All right, not not a big deal in your world, but and what. What really? Well, I just a million uh, million view man, not me. Well, only, what, only became, what became clear to me was that Nebraskans are are proud of the young people that started their career in the state at Nebraska high schools and are now excelling at the Division One level. And there were about twenty players on my list, and I only included players who were actually having uh, exemplary years statistically. So, not included on that list are scholarship guys who are early in their career, who are perhaps role players right now, and who are going to develop and impact players down the road. And in fact, I was getting corrections in real time from people that were notifying me that I had omitted a few players uh, from the list. Now, there was some reasonable debate because I intended it only to be about graduates, and there were some kids that spent some time at Nebraska high schools that didn't graduate here. but the point is, the list is so long that even in good faith, I couldn't get it all right. There were some kids that I inadvertently left out. And you mentioned the headliners, uh, Hunter and, and uh, Hunter Salas at Wake Forest. And Hunter's actually even had his best game since I sent that post. Was a was a key player in Wake Forest's victory over Duke. Baylor Shireman uh, having a historic year at Creighton. And you hit um, most of the key statistics, Chris. But one thing I want to add, because this is truly historic, both Hunter and Baylor currently projected to be selected in the 2024 NBA draft. As, as far as I know, you perhaps, to my knowledge, not in the modern NBA draft era, the two-round draft era, has that ever occurred where two Nebraska high school graduates were taken in the same draft. Now, I could be corrected, you know, if Stu Pospisil is out there listening, he, he may have better information on that than me uh, or other sports historians. But when you think about two young men who played high school basketball in the state of Nebraska being selected in the, in the same NBA draft, it speaks to what is uh, undeniably uh, a rising tide as it relates to the, the not only the quality of basketball that's being played in our state, but also uh, the respect that our state is earning among coaches across the country. Well, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, who from the state of Nebraska in the recent past has even been drafted into the NBA? So Justin Patton was a first-round yep. draft pick. From Creighton, and yeah. Tyree Thomas was a second-round draft pick. Okay. Uh, and, and both of those guys are obviously proud uh, Omaha public school graduates. Justin graduated from Omaha North, and Kyrie graduated from Omaha Benson. Um but you, you raise a good question, Elijah. I mean, there's just not a track record of Nebraska high school graduates being drafted in the NBA. And it speaks to just what a historic period we're in where so many Nebraska high school graduates are excelling at the highest levels of Division One. And what really got me uh, focused on this topic is when I took my job with the SEC in August, uh, I started studying the teams in our conference, and I quickly realized that we have two Nebraskans in the SEC. Uh, Latrell Reitzel is a starter for Alabama. Alabama's a top 25 team, uh, actually the leading uh, 
lead the country in scoring. They play a very exciting brand of basketball. And then John Tanji, who was the best player at Colorado State last year, is a scholarship player at Missouri this year. Unfortunately, uh, John was struggling with injuries early in the season and has missed virtually the entire season because of injuries. He'll likely get that year back and have another year of college basketball. But we have two, not only two Nebraskans, two Omaha Central grads playing in the SEC. And because you've given me the opening, now i got to tell you that, in my view, the SEC is the best conference in college basketball. Ah, there it is. <laughs> there we go. Tell your listeners are, you know, squarely in Big Ten country. But listen to these statistics. SEC leads the country with six teams in the latest version of the AP Top 25 poll, lead the country with 10 teams having been ranked at some point in the season, and lead the country with three teams in the top 10 of the NCAA's net rankings, those three teams being Tennessee, Alabama, and Auburn. They have had, uh, they being the SEC's, had an incredible season this year. Uh, You have seven projected right now to the tournament Nine total could get in when we talk about two bubble squads. Garth, I want to get your take as a Nebraska basketball alum. You've kept an eye on the Big Red. Fred has got 20 wins, and uh, Nebraska is as hot as it gets in the Big Ten. They've really come together. Still some work to do to help Nebraska basketball fans not sweat on Selection Sunday. I want to get your quick take on, on what you've observed from afar on Nebraska? Well, you know, I grew up 15 minutes from the Bob Devaney Sports Center on a small farm. Uh, grew up going to games and camps at the Bob Devaney Sports Center. And, um, you know, I'm in, I'm in the SEC right now, but obviously I watch what's happening in Nebraska because I know what that does for young people, right? When, when a young Nebraskan is seeing, uh, whether it's the men's team or the women's team or the football team at the University of Nebraska, and the same goes in states across the country, you know, that, that just sends a powerful signal about what can be accomplished coming from, you know, where you're from. And so the University of Nebraska as a young person inspired me that if I worked hard, I could be part of something special, accomplish something meaningful in life. And so I root for Nebraska for that reason, because I know there's young kids in Nebraska that are, you know, going through those same feelings that I had as a kid back in the 90s when they really had it going for basketball. And it had been a, you know, it had been a tough stretch for, for about 20 years outside of a, of a brief period under Tim Miles. There hadn't been a lot for Nebraska basketball to root for. So I'm really happy for the program, really happy for all the people who care about the program. And, and Schmitty, uh, in the biblical spirit of teaching people how to fish, uh, I want to direct your loyal listeners to two uh, valuable resources. Uh, for college basketball fans. So if you're following any team that that maybe they're on the bubble and you want to know how their chances are approaching Selection Sunday, you need to be familiar with the NCAA's net rankings. Mm -hmm. Those are the metrics that the selection committee uses primarily, not exclusively, but primarily to group teams. You can't take them. They're not going to just follow them in order, but they're a quantitative metric that have a lot of value to the committee. Those rankings are available to the general public at stats.ncaa.org. Again, net rankings available at stats.ncaa.org. Those rankings update daily, 
and we talked the last time I was on your show about playing one team on the road has a different meaning for purposes of the net than playing that same team at home. So there's a lot of nuance to the data, and I would encourage uh, your listeners who are particularly enthusiastic about college basketball to familiarize themselves with the net ratings on the NCAA's website. The other resource that I find incredibly valuable uh, is the website kenpom.com. That's K-E-N-P-O-M.com, kenpom.com. Uh, I'm not getting any kickback from this. Uh, a 12-month subscription to Ken Palm costs $21.95. And if, if you care about college basketball and you want to know what type of quantitative metrics the committee will be looking at when making its decision leading up to an on-selected Sunday, familiarize yourself with the NCAA's net rankings and Ken Palm, and you'll be much more informed going into Selection Sunday. Garth, about 90 seconds, not near long enough, but... Always love having you on, Garth Glissman, with us. Court storming. Your dear friend mm. B- Jay Billis has weighed in. Uh, Alabama's AD has also weighed in. You've seen it. You've been a part of it. What do you think? <laughs> I've actually been uh, – I was on Nebraska football teams where we had the, the field rushed on us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Missouri game in particular in 2003. They hadn't beaten us for a long time. Um, and – there were actually some unfortunate incidents that happened uh, that night. I, I will say in the SEC, we take this very seriously. The SEC among all conferences has the most stringent court storming policy. First offense, 100 grand. Second hmm. offense, $250,000. Third offense, $500,000. Importantly, Chris, you'll get a kick out of this because I know your sense of humor. That money doesn't go to the conference office. That money goes to the visiting team so if you lose the game and they and they storm the court, we're going to send you a good chunk of money for your trouble. Pay for the pain. <laughs> no, it's 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 interesting now if you think about. I mean, and it's not a problem in the the Big Ten of the SEC. But if a school needs hundred grand, two hundred and fifty grand, get upset at get yeah. a, get upset on the road, get some money rolling into the pockets. I know sure. that, that would never happen in the Big Ten of the SEC, but. Be a fun movie or something. Well, it, I I just think look, um, you've had coaches complain, you, you've had athletic directors complain. It and and football to me, and I know you've had a, an injury here uh, with a premier program player, and that that's awful. But football is to me where it gets nasty, where it's been nasty uh, compared well, to basketball. The players, yeah, the players are in pads that can. You know, the, well, there's been there's been more in-your-face moments historically with, with football storming. Well, well, it, t- it takes longer to get a football team off the field as yeah. well. It's a health and safety issue. Um, I, I will say I have a bit of a unique perspective having just spent seven and a half years in pro sports. The, the secret sauce of college athletics is the special bond between a school and its team mm-hmm. and that community and its student body. That's the unique value proposition in college athletics. And that's what makes it so different than pro sports. And so you, you want to be able to preserve that special bond uh, while preserving the health and safety of student athletes. Garth, we love you. Appreciate you jumping on with us, bud. Elijah, Chris, thanks for having me. Have a good night. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. 
Thanks for hanging out. We'll have the Garth Glissman and Mitch Sherman interview posted up on the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Download, subscribe, tell a buddy about Hale Varsity Radio, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel as well. We welcome in the pride of Ord, and we say hi to Andy Markowski. Talk some hoops this time of year. Andy, thanks for giving us a few minutes. Uh, how you doing? Appreciate you jumping in. Uh, doing great, Smitty, and uh, happy to be on. Appreciate you. We are uh, we're here at Pius, uh, getting ready for the A6 final tonight. Uh, Pius boys hosting uh, Omaha Central. We'll get to your thoughts on girls' state here in just a moment. But Nebraska uh, and Fred and company at 20 wins and. Andy, I always want to start off with Husker Hoops. You were part of some really awesome teams. You were two-time captain for the Big Red. And your take on, on the, the corner Nebraska has turned right now, uh, how good are you feeling about Nebraska postseason-wise here as they get closer to March? Yeah, certainly, um, you know, they, they've done a, a lot and certainly have done enough up to this point to, to have put themselves kind of off of the – the proverbial uh, bubble, um, you know, there's still some, some opportunities to, you know, hopefully win and improve their, their seed, but there's also opportunities to, to maybe stub your toe and, and, and creep back, uh, you know, into that last few teams and, and the bubble going into the conference tournament. But they, you know, they seem to be playing their best basketball. They're, they're really defending. Um, you know, I think their versatility is, is showing where different players have, have had really good games you know, down the stretch here, and, and that's a good sign when you're defending, rebounding, and having multiple players playing their best basketball. Andy Markowski with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Andy, you look at the last three for Nebraska, all three seem winnable. Ohio State on the road, they've had a bump after firing their coach Holtman, uh, getting the interim in there. So maybe Husker fans worry about that. But simply put, Nebraska's had an easier finish to their schedule than a lot of teams in the Big Ten. And I'm going towards... Northwestern and in Wisconsin, the two teams ahead of Nebraska currently in the Big Ten Conference standings, the two teams that currently have a double bye. How important would a double bye be for Nebraska when you look at the finish to this season? Is that something Husker fans should be watching for, or, or is that not something you're worrying about as you look ahead to a potential NCAA tournament berth? Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of factors that, that go into play. You know, certainly if, if, if you have the expectations to go and into Minneapolis to, to win uh, the, the postseason tournament. I think a double bye is, is huge, right, in terms of, of, of getting that extra uh, day of rest. Um, you know, teams like Nebraska that, that maybe are on the bubble, you know, sometimes it's not all bad to, to, to pick up one more win, depending on how these last three games play out. You know, we might need, you know, kind of another win against an okay, uh, you know, net team to, to improve your overall uh, one loss total. Um, but I think if you get yourself into the top four, um, you know, right now Nebraska just needs to make sure the committee doesn't have a reason to not take them. And, you know, if you finish in the top four of, of, of the Power Five league and, and, and a league like the Big Ten, you know, I think that pretty much cements yourself as, a, as an NCAA tournament team. So, you know, I, I, I don't think it's the end of the world if we get fifth and, you know, end up having to play the, the, the 12th team and, and hopefully be able to, to pick up one more win. Uh, but yet that also opens the door for maybe a, another bad loss. So finishing strong here and, and you know, owning the tiebreakers against uh, Northwestern could be key in, in sneaking into that fourth spot. Andy Markowski is with us on Hill Varsity Radio. And, Andy, over the last four games, which have all been wins by 15 or more for the first time in over a century, 
Who's impressed you the most on this roster? Well, you know, I was asked this the other day. Um, you know, I, I think Bryce Williams is, is is probably their their best player. If you you know had to, to say, hey, which which one would you want to build a team around? Just because you know, his versatility, right? They've they've moved him from more of a small forward to a point guard position, which has allowed them to play a little bit bigger. Which you know, I think their run is is, is partly due to to that change, you know, Lawrence is, is playing well off the bench, and that doesn't happen unless you have the confidence that Williams can, can go play the point. You know, obviously on the road um, at Indiana, you know, had a huge pull-up jump shot uh, when it got cut to four and then made a huge block late in that game. Um, but, you know, I think Greg Mass is terrific. You know, Gary obviously is, is proven that he's one of the tougher, more versatile kids in the league, and, and Tobinaga was a preseason, you know, First team all league kid, which which can you know get get, get his offense going. So, you know uh, their balance is what makes them great. Their versatility, I think, makes them hard to defend and, and scout. Um, but I think Williams has really come in and and did a lot, does a lot that maybe goes unnoticed as well. Being able to handle the ball at six seven, but also his uh, defense rebounding is an eighty nine percent foul shooter. Uh, there's a lot of things to, to like about Bryce. India, are you? past your concern with this team that the wheels can fall off to end the season? Is that still in the back of your mind? Where are you at in terms of the Husker PTSD, everything falling apart, Nebraska missing the tourney? Well, I, I think if you follow this program as, as much as our fan base <laughs> have and made a part of it in the 90s, I don't think you're ever ever confident until you, you, know, you see your name called on Selection Sunday. But they, they, they appear to be playing you know, good basketball. Uh, as you mentioned, the schedule certainly you know, sets up um, – you know, to, to, to teams that you know, I, I think we can, if we play well, we can win. Uh, but the league is tough. You know, going on the road has been a challenge for this team. Two out of three are on the road, and, and Rutgers, I think, you know, um, you know, athletically really, really bothered us uh, the first time we played them. So, you know, it's not out of the question that, that we could win all three. Um, but, but to, to that point, you know, it, you could lose all three as well, which would really put you back in that bubble and, and, and puts that postseason Big Ten tournament uh, where you probably need to go you know, into Minneapolis and win a game. Andy is with us. Andy, get a shift to the women, and they're projected to be in the, the dance as well and right now in the top four for the Big Ten tournament. Tell me a little bit about, about uh, this team's momentum and what what you think is, is their best asset right now as they head into one more regular season game on the road in Champaign, and then they get set for, for postseason. Yeah, they, they had a similar schedule as the men. I, I thought their last four were, were, were very gettable. Um, you know, they've won three of those. Their toughest one is, is next at Illinois on Sunday. They'll have a week off for Illinois, uh, you know, has Iowa, um, and then Michigan State. And they'd have to turn around and play us on Sunday. So so that, that sets up, you know, well to, to maybe be able to go on the road and, and, and win and control your fate of, of being a top-four seed. Um you know, the, the, the freshmen, Nisley and, and Potts, I, I think are really, you know, both are, are now starting. Potts has started all year, but Nisley's moved to the starting lineup the last three weeks and, and has done a really good job of spreading the floor and making shots, which, you know, I think is protecting, you know, Lexus a little bit and, and taking some pressure off of, of Jazz Shelley as well. So, you know, they're, they're, they're playing well. Um, you know, they're going to be either the four or the five. The five is you know, potentially Michigan State, which isn't very deep. So if you can get that double by and then, you know, play a Michigan State team that really only plays six or seven kids, you know, having already played a game the day before, you you know, you, you hope that's another, you know, 
top 25 net win, and then you end up getting Ohio State again, which is not a great matchup for them. I, I think their length and, and pressing um, is, is, is probably the one team that Nebraska does not match up to, but that would be in the semis of, of the Big Ten tournament if you get to that spot. You know, I, I think they would secure themselves as at least an eight seed. It would be nice to see if them, you know, they could play themselves off the eight line into the seven or the six, but in order to do that, I think you'd need to win two more here, um, you know, with the last week of the season. And the importance of being a seven or a six is that you wouldn't have to face a one seed in the second round, yeah? Yeah, I think there's a huge drop-off right now between the ones and the twos. Um, I really think there's a huge gap between the twos and the threes even. So, you know, if you could get to that six line and, and play a three. But to your point, you know, a Stanford, a South Carolina, uh, UConn, which you know, I think will end up being – one seeds, you know, having to play them at home um, as the eight nine seed is, is a is a tough ask. So, you know, trying to get yourself to the seven or the six line, you know, gets you away from from the teams that are going into that tournament to win a national title. Eddie Markowski with his Andy. You've seen a lot of basketball, uh, men's and women's Nebraska, and of course uh, an assistant with Coach Pesota here at Pius the tenth and. Uh, a thought here on, on girls Class A, a state tournament tips off. We look forward to see you, seeing you on NET. Uh, amazing coverage with you and, and Larry Putney, as always. And interested to, to get your your outlook here. Uh, Millard West, just one loss this season. Uh, and, of course, you've got the Lincoln and Omaha flavor here, uh, filling out all eight spots. Uh, Eddie, I don't want to ask for a prediction, but just – uh, thoughts and uh, kind of feel going into this state 2024 tournament. Yeah, I, I think class A is, is fairly open. It's it's been you know balanced all year from from two to eight. Um, you know, I think the districts spoke to that just the, the the level of competitiveness in those district games. You know, Millard West on on papers is probably the favorite, and they certainly you know only having one loss out of state competition. Um, you know, they're really the only team in the last. Uh, I don't know, 15 years to have two, you know, projected high major players on the same roster. Uh, you know, with the Gesser twins, uh, they've been offered by you know, Iowa State, Nebraska. You know, certainly a lot of of, of schools um, around the Midwest. So, you know, having having two uh, high major kids on on the same roster that have length and versatility will be a challenge. But I, it would surprise me to. To, to see an upset, and you know, there's a, a lot of good teams that are are playing their best basketball in the A field, and you know, unfortunately for for Pius, we will not be participating, but look forward to, to following it and and seeing uh, you know which Class A team can put three good games together. It's Andy Markowski with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. We're here at Pius the tenth, ahead of the district final between Omaha Central and Pius. And, and Andy, you spent a lot of time in this gym. I during a commercial break in the first hour went down and attempted to test my dunking skills, touched the rim to save my pride. Can you confirm that rims here are in fact set to 11 feet? Yeah, they, they are a little high. We, we do keep it high. <laughs> don't, don't feel bad if you're not able to dunk. Uh, but they'll, they'll lower them back to 10 foot. They, they really try to keep the riffraff from hanging on to the rim <laughs> pregame, so apologize for that. But they'll, they'll move them back to 10, and uh, the game will be played. And look forward to uh, – I'm, I'm heading that direction. Oh, good. So look forward good. to a great, great game against uh, Pius, against uh, former uh, Nebraska and, and, and Bruce Chubbick. Still follow Bruce and talk to Bruce, so happy to – to, you know, see him having success with uh, with Central. Just so you know, Andy, Elijah is 6'4". We didn't have to include that. My pride's already been hurt. That's pathetic. <laughs> hey, I, I, I am I am 5'9", so it is what it is. Andy, we'll see you when you get here. Always thanks uh, for your time and insight as always, bud. 
right, thanks, guys. There he is, Andy Markowski, with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Elijah, uh, I take it back. I've never touched room in my life. Once. How Once. tall are you, Connor? I'm six foot. Okay. Yeah, I'm the uh, the short dude of the group, and I can't jump. I wheeze. I don't run. It's it is what it is. Yeah, I'll never forget the one time. It was at the Northeast YMCA. I touched the rim. Yeah. 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 Eight foot. Ten. Ten. Did you? <laughs> I, I sure hope it was 10 at least, or else <laughs> they kind of like, ruined my day. They, they knocked that thing down to nine and a half for you. Uh, get uh, more of your birthday wishes in uh, for Connor Clark. Elijah Herbal here, courtside with me, Chris Schmidt. Uh, Hale Varsity powered by Cornhead Lager. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back here at Pius Roadshow Tuesday, it's Hale Varsity Radio. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark is locally will have coverage uh, play-by-play of Pius hosting Omaha Central. Uh, T-Songster 23, we're late at getting this on, about 45 minutes, forgive us, but T-Songster 23 wishing Connor a happy birthday. They Thank you. share the same birthday, so happy birthday Even to better. T-Songster 23. Uh She's treating herself to a pedicure, so which is nice. Love what? it. He's treating himself to a pedicure. He, I thought it said she. Yeah. Look at you with that casual sex. Can men not get pedicures on? Which one? Pedicure and... Uh, pedicure's feet. Manicure's hands. I've done, I've done a pedicure. They're awesome. They're great. I've never done one, but I've heard they're great. They're fantastic. No, I've gone. I've taken uh, the wife and... Uh, yeah. I feel like it's kind of weird if I just go by myself, so that's why I've never gone. Well, you have two gentlemen right here. That's even weirder. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we're not. Yeah. He just said, I don't want to go by myself and get side eyed. Yeah. You just don't like feet. That's okay, Connor. Yes. No, see, I actually go because they, I think I could probably go without the pedicure. Uh, they wax your eyebrows, if you ask. Well, you have to, I think you have to pay extra for you, it. And you, you do. As a man with a. With Bushy eyebrows, it's, it's much needed sometimes. I haven't gotten those things waxed in years now. Years. And they're, they're a little unkempt at times. But they're also eyebrows, you know? Yeah, I mean, so, like, how much does somebody actually look at your eyebrow? And then you realize, like, probably a lot. And you get a little self-conscious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, you, back to sports. You get <laughs> self-conscious looking into the stream. Is that what you're trying to tell mm-hmm. us? Um, Not next to me because my eyebrows are worse <laughs> yeah. than his. That's a new catchphrase. The bushiest eyebrows in all of Lincoln Radio. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal. Oscar the Grouch, baby. That's what I got. It is what it is. So Garth hit on it, and he laid out the protocol for. <laughs> you see Brennan's comment in the stream here? No. What do you do? <laughs> My only highlight from high school basketball is our coach yelling mid-game, Brennan, stop at half court on the fast break. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh. Brennan, you, you, just, you just keep on dribbling, son. Uh, That's so good. Brennan, at least you had a high school basketball career. Yeah. That makes you feel any better. All three of us were uh, asked not to attend workouts or tryouts. So Some of us were more valuable in the band. Right. It was intramural time, brother. Intramurals, brother. <laughs> so we, we talk about court storming, and I know it's been a horse that's been beaten and is now at the glue factory. But we had to ask Garth about it, and... Garth being in the SEC commissioner's office uh, in charge of basketball, pretty relevant, pretty prevalent. So, you know, <laughs> Jay Billis is, is kind of your 
your your your voice of college basketball. And I, I love Jay Billis. And, and, and Bill Rafferty's awesome. I love I love Wild Bill, and I would love his take. I think it's you've had a, a couple of instances where you had Caitlin Clark, you had the Duke kid, and you have coaches PO'd about it. You had Painter kind of sound off on it as well. I think Trev's comments about it are right on and get the kids out from the opposing team that get court stormed so they're in no danger there's no uh, as Garth alluded to 2003 Missouri student beating by said Husker player who got in his face and let let the fans have a good time yeah the connection is to be able to celebrate together and be a part of it it, it it's awesome it's fun and you've had two extremes i don't i just don't see an issue with it and if you want to pay the fine you pay the fine and make it a uh, situation where you match the fine to a charity well instead of taking away one of the great traditions in college basketball from the fans and from the students i mean we we've seen the video going around on social media of what creighton did whenever they upset uconn where they get a full team of security to go block off the court from the UConn bench, give the UConn team a path back to the locker Don't room. Don't kid yourself. Uh, Hurley wanted to throw. Oh, absolutely. He was going to take it out on a fan, and it was disgraceful the way, and we're, we're eight weeks late to this, but it was disgraceful for the way he started shouting back at a fan. Dude, you're a paid professional. You're in front of but, you, you keep walking. Earmuffs, keep walking. That was shameful. But you're never going to get that out of college basketball. What you can get away is potential dangerous elements of the game of college basketball and court stormings. Have a security team in place. Let's have visiting teams have plan in place in case you are upset. I mean, have you seen an incident where a, a player gets into trouble in a court storming or in a field storming whenever they're surrounded by their teammates? No. There's strength not. in numbers. We, you need to have an emphasis for the visiting team to remain together, remain in one cohesive group whenever a court storming could happen, it'll take away a lot of issues. Along with that, you get some security from the home team to protect that bench area. I mean, you're not going to take court stormings away from college basketball. It's as simple as that. You have a certain number of security staff in an arena compared to thousands of students, thousands of fans. The whole reason it's called a court storming is because you can't stop it. Don't get beat on the road if you're highly ranked. How does that sound? Don't you, keep you on the road. And, and, done, yeah. and if you do have a plan in place to give yourself the best chance of coming out unscathed, both from the home arena and from the visiting team themselves, you're not going to take it away from college basketball. Jay Billis says you need to cite people who go down and storm the court. Are you kidding me? It's like an MIP yeah. party handout. What a joke. <laughs> I mean, come on. He, Jay Billis, and I love him. I think he's great. Same. But yeah. he probably went from, honestly, one of the better takes I've ever heard him have about the expansion of the NCAA tournament. Just garbage. 48 hours later saying that we should be giving people citations for storming the court. I think that SEC rule that Garth was outlining is actually kind of a pretty good idea. If you do want to limit it in some capacity, I agree. You're not going to take court storming out of college basketball. I don't think anybody really wants that. It's unfortunate what happens to a guy like, you know, Filipkowski and say what you will about the video and there's i know there's a lot of opinions out there about well did he shove the fan first yada 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 but i don't think it's it's really feasible to take it out of college sports as grace and allen 2.0 yeah, what? Right. i'm a current student i did it earlier this year against wisconsin i certainly didn't want it out before then i certainly don't want it out of it now 
and we were two for two at PBA. Purdue got out of their fine. I know Pat, Matt Painter had a little bit to say about it. Wisconsin got out of their fine, which is great. Creighton did a phenomenal job with it against UConn, which is great. So find a way to make that happen because have you, and I was thinking about this to myself the other day, have you heard this amount of coaches and players ever in one season complain about court stormings like this? I know they're more frequent now, but have you ever heard the negative uproar about a court storming before in college athletics? No, it's sour grapes. They're PO'd that they got beat, and they have not had their 20 minutes of cool-down time before the mic's in front of them. And with everything being viral and visual, the reality is this. You're going to have tough guy from Jersey, uh, UConn's coach. Dan Hurley? Yeah, Hurley. I mean, that's just Dan Hurley. Try and, try and pick a fight like he just lost a pickup game of basketball. So let's just not take away the traditions that make college sports fun. We're already going down a path where college sports does not look the same as it did whenever we were growing up or whenever we got into college sports. You mean let's, not ta- let's not take away more and more traditions and more and more things that make the sport great. It How, make can, sense. can we do that? It like we've taken away regionality. Regionality is what made college sports great. I understand that. There's a better future. Let's not take away what the most fun part of college basketball. We'll wind down a road show here on Hale Varsity. We're at Pius the 10th. The Omaha Central Band is entering in the building. Uh-oh. We'll get you ready as uh, we're powered by Cornhead Lager. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you one final time. We're here at Pius. The gym is filling up. All sorts of Central fans here. Pious student section is getting crowded. The, the band uh, is yet to start playing. They are not on the field. The <laughs> band is not on the field or the court. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. When you see Connor, wish him a happy birthday. And again, that ice cream cake, we just totally forgot about you and, and didn't buy it. But we were going to try and play it off like we were going to fake. Oh, we were going to get you a gift. Dion is in. Dion's been dealing with a contractor remodeling his kitchen. Dion, we love you for... Uh, you doing an amazing job of uh, checking in all the time. Tuck off the top rope. What talks? What Tuck say? <laughs> you didn't miss much, wow. Dion. Elijah still can't touch the rim. It's okay. It's okay. Hey, soon enough. Soon so enough. soon enough, we'll have the Hill Varsity Radio Dunk Contest, and it'll just be me dunking. So yes, I'll put in the work. Yes, it will. Trampoline. Yes, it will. <laughs> but uh, we'll point and laugh at how weak and unoriginal your dunks are. And you'll say, well, at least I can dunk, and it'll just be a vicious cycle. I mean, f- how much in terms of added hops do you think I need to go from the free throw line? Dude. <laughs> you, need the, the Bud, you need the Budweiser Daredevil yeah. trampoline. You need Michael's secret stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I'm just going to come back with giant arms and legs and 17 uh, pepperoni-sized back knee. <laughs> additions, get on the gas, and then you'll take off from the free throw 19 line. 19 rounds of HGH. That's right. <laughs> Elijah's sideburns have sideburns now. Put me in the steroid Olympics, baby. <laughs> oh, you be the old hammer throw. <laughs> so we got to dig a little deeper, Connor. What are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm going to get dinner with some friends, and we will go elsewhere for 
multiple drinks probably after. Wrong. The correct answer was enjoying high school sports here in the capital city by listening to Chris Schmidt and Elijah. No, that's, well, that's what everybody else can do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. I no, will not be doing that. No, you're not sorry. It's okay. <laughs> going on. That was a test, Look buddy. at you. you you're going to go have dinner versus drinking your dinner unlike a year ago. Correct. I feel like we have to level up a little bit. I know I'm still only 22, <laughs> but the the 21-year-old in me can come out after said dinner. So it, it'll be it'll be all good fun. Do you have morning class? 10:30. So not terrible. Oh, you're good. Yeah. All right. Bill Dolman's was 9:30 last year. Okay. Okay. Made that. So are you uh, a shots guy or a beer guy? I'm a beer guy. I mean, okay. I'm not. Gonna, from... I'm not gonna say no to shots. But okay. I'm a beer guy. Are you Marlboro Red, American? No, no, no. <laughs> well, all, I've been accused all... of putting down packs since I was five. So Same here. It's okay. Uh, Tuck is going to start a GoFundMe for Connor's bail tonight. You can, you can save that for Saturday. How about that? Okay. <laughs> what's that happening Saturday? Yeah, what, what's, yeah, what's Saturday? Well, I don't have to be up early on Sunday. Okay. Ah, gotcha. Okay. I thought you had some devious plans or something. <laughs> well, that could turn into you never know there it goes well uh check the podcast out spotify itunes google play for hail varsity radio you can rewatch the show hail varsity youtube subscribe and tell a friend uh, give us a like and uh, as always uh, spotify and itunes google play uh, give us a rating on the podcast and the rewind available as well find it on the hail varsity radio twitter feed at h varsity radio find elijah on twitter at Herbal Essence, find Connor and send your birthday wishes that way at C underscore Clark underscore 27 at Schmidt underscore radio. For me, the band. The, band. <laughs> the band strikes again, and we're back. What we're perfect back timing. Tomorrow at 4, KFOR locally for Central and Pius. Take care.